that's what this is all about. We need to hear these different perspectives because we're going through a grand scale experiment right now. And we need to hear the perspectives of the people that know the best, whether they are for or against your views, we have to hear them out. Hey ladies, and welcome back to Perspective. And I can't believe we are in May already. I know, but, and I hate to be like a Debbie Downer, but the weather is just so shit and it doesn't feel good. (laughs) I know. It's like kicking a dead horse, kicking someone while they're down because we're already on lockdown. Yeah. Still. At least we can have sun. Exactly. Yeah, we're just like, oh, and why don't we rain for the next full forever? Week? Well, and the other thing is too, and I know that uh, this is just like a, a a me problem, but holy fuck, the my allergies and sinuses are so shit. So it just feels like, ugh, like I I I hate spring for that reason. I, I do like it because it's like, oh, winter's done. But on the other hand, I can't even breathe, so I don't even enjoy it. To be honest. So, yeah, that's my little Debbie Downing statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. there's nothing more depressing than rain weather. Like, that's gray and rainy. Like, it's just not what we need right now in this current state and these conditions that we're living in. Um, but on the bright side, things could be worse. <laughs> well, we could still could. be in winter or something. I mean, that would be way freaking worse. Yes. Um, and... You know, to kind of further this whole portion of the show, we will talk more about COVID and like just the pandemic and like the situations that we're all in, the lockdowns, everything. Uh, We are being joined by a really interesting and great guest. Uh, We absolutely love chatting with her. So we'll get into that. But first, we'll give a shout out to our sponsors. Yeah. Thank you to our sponsors, Vitality MD and House of Hyla. Don't forget to use coupon code HERSPECTIVE100 when checking out for your O-Shot and Viviv treatments at VitalityMD.com and House of Hyla, coupon code HERSPECTIVE20 for any purchase of your Generation 2 pumps. Awesome. Yeah, so like I said, great show coming up. We are being joined by Stephanie Sibio. She is the co-founder of 100 Million Moms. Um, That is an Instagram account, if you haven't heard of it, at 100 Million Moms. She is a fierce advocate for mothers everywhere who are interested in protecting their rights to natural health and medical freedom for their families. And the account is about empowering mothers and people everywhere to stand up against injustices in whatever capacity that makes sense for you. Um, and it's just like a community that you can join and be part of and learn from. And they, they share a lot of great information, but definitely information that, you know, you're not going to get from your mainstream media. This is, yeah, I think that's what kind of attracted us to her was finding those gaps and holes in our mainstream media when, we're, you know, exposed to such a standard narrative from the news, always like really unwavering. And especially right now. 
especially right now with COVID. Well, yeah, specifically COVID. Her account um, emerged after COVID and and because of the need of a lack of variety of opposing and not even opposing, just like alternative. Well, Stephanie in particular is someone who's extremely well researched in alternative perspectives as it relates to current events right now, like basically as it relates to COVID. Um, that's not the extent of her knowledge and research. Um, she's someone who her background is in fitness and nutrition, which she'll explain. Um, but through her kind of background and her journey, um, becoming a mother and learning more information and searching for alternative information perspectives herself, she has kind of come up as someone who has that wealth of knowledge and is a go-to person. If you're looking for information that you're not getting, like you said, Jaya's from like the news, the media, the mainstream. Um, and I, I want to quickly caveat that with just because it's alternative or it's a different perspective doesn't make it wrong. And that is also partly why we wanted to have her on the show, because whether you listen to this and completely agree or disagree or indifferent, um, we just felt it's important to talk about the other side of the pandemic. And like you said, again, Stephanie's account was really, really interesting. Um, I wouldn't say that she or anybody on the account are just out there being like obnoxious or just completely ridiculous naysayers, shit disturbers or anything like that. These are just individuals that had questions at the end of the day, right? Like that's what it is. And so did we. We had questions too because exactly. it's not that we are, and we've said this before, we say it through the episode and we'll say it again because I personally in my own personal life having feelings that I do feel and am made and I am made to feel you know rebellious of some sort or you know kind of stupid for just questioning crazy yeah crazy also. for for just questioning the holes of the news and the information the holes in the news the gaps in the news so I think that's why we kind of were attracted to hearing you know, somebody kind of fill those holes in for us. And it's, again, not that we are convinced of one way or another. We're not convinced of anything and we're not trying to convince anyone of anything. We're simply fucking educating ourselves. And I feel like a broken record saying that, but I feel like because of my own personal life experiences, I have to keep defending myself just for my natural curiosity and my natural urge to kind of not settle with what I'm being told by the news because I feel like they're not giving the full story because they're not. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. And again, it's un could be an unpopular position to take. But you know what, the more we've had these conversations, obviously with each other, but outside as well with other friends, family members, people also just looking through social media and seeing opinions and posts from other people's accounts. It isn't as unpopular as I thought, right. or maybe I felt when You're we right. kind of started on this journey. Um, so I think a lot of people are starting to feel like, you know, it's not as black and white as it kind of seems like. And just in terms of COVID, like 
cases death like there's just so much more happening and i am we are not medical professionals no we do not work in any kind of medical professional environment um so i'm not we're not sitting here saying like doctors and nurses are you know not telling us the truth because 100% there is a very serious virus uh issue that's taking over our world right now but i think that one of the other issues with this is that we're solely focusing on just like the case count and the death count. And we're not really hearing a a lot about like who specifically it's affected because again, when I look at my direct groups and yours and, you know, um, among like hundreds of people that we collectively know, and then outside of that, when I talk to other people and they're kind of in the same boat, there's very few people that have got it. And if they have, um they're recovered and I'm again this is not me saying like oh I don't believe it I 100% believe that there is a virus and it's affecting a lot of people in a very scary way um but does do I think there's correlations that we're not looking at and that's something Stephanie calls out um do I think we're kind of brushing other things aside that need attention just as much um that you know, people aren't talking about yeah. it almost as being purposely ignored uh, or there's like little quick snippets that you hear in the news. So for instance, like one of our biggest issues, because we're both passionate about this and obviously these conversations are kind of becoming a trend for us on our show. Uh, but just like what's ha- happening with children. Um, yeah. th- we know that the children's health phone line calls have gone up a really, really scary amount in the past year. And we know that suicide rates and overdoses and just obviously it goes without saying like mental illness issues are skyrocketing. Yeah, domestic abuse um, incidences, several mm-hmm. social implications have, you know, kind of increased but not been addressed. And I think that is when we started to be like, okay, why are we not hearing about this? Like, not to undermine a virus, not to undermine uh, the effect that it has on society. We just are looking at the other effects that this is having on society, how the lockdown is affecting things. So I think that's why there are people that, you know, totally disbelieve in the virus and there are people that totally wholeheartedly believe what the news is saying about the virus. We are not either of those people. We're just people yeah. in the middle that are just normal in the gray area. and I feel like we constantly have to defend this notion that stance. It, it, the stance because if you are not fully believing in what the news is saying people are looking at you like you're crazy and and so that's why we kind of just wanted to normalize the conversation of exploring further a- aspects of how the virus is affecting us as a society as well as pondering out loud why other things are not being communicated so now we have a view a person coming on our show today who has done her research and has looked into like the effects of covid and kind of what's going on from an ulterior stance of what the mainstream media is portraying yeah and i mean the other thing is we're entitled to our opinion yeah if you follow us if you listen to us and you don't like it luckily for you you don't have to listen or follow anymore if you are the opposite and you're like wow this is really sparking something in me I'm curious too I'm glad that there's people 
out there talking about it and normalizing it and having these conversations, then awesome. Like join the conversation with us um, because it is important. We shouldn't only ever hear like from one side. That's just not real life. Like, you know, there's the truth. There's what the, what do they say? There's two sides to every story. And then there's the truth, yeah, right? Exactly. We're only hearing one side. We're not even hearing the other side. And we're certainly not hearing the truth. But we're not even hearing um, the full side of the one side. That's our point. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just what we're exactly. looking for. And then on top of that, like of the things that are not being reported on as much or discussed as much that we feel should be is also like just this divisiveness Mm -hmm. of the people where if you take the position that we're taking, you all of a sudden are being labeled with this. You don't care. You obviously are not compassionate towards the people that have been affected by COVID. And when I say affected, meaning like contracted it or have a family member that has I just need to say like no incorrect of course I care I, I I hate that this is the situation that we're in for all people people I don't know and people I do know my loved ones and just people in general so stop labeling other people as those that do not care like I'm not pro-vaccine I'm not anti-vaccine again I'm in the middle on that um I'm pro lots of modern medicine I'm against a lot of modern medicine and a lot of the business behind it um, because I don't think at the end of the day as a society as humanity we are doing a lot of the right things to really help if we were we wouldn't have the poverty that we have we wouldn't have the divides we wouldn't have these racial struggles um so without trying to get too like philosophical and political and too opinionated um you just I, th- I personally think it's common sense like just take a look like just listen and and read and investigate and ask the questions it isn't just like well there's covid and it's affecting every single person yes but again and we've said it on the show before we are all in the same storm but we are not all in the same boat yeah. that is a fact yeah so on top of that my thing is I am sick of hearing people like kind of demonize those that are asking questions, labeling them as a conspiracy theorist, as someone who doesn't care. Um, if you're not like rushing out to get the vaccine, which I'm not, because why would I? I can't, my life doesn't change. I can't do anything um, different as it stands right now. And also, I would really like people to not forget that healthy people still exist. Just because COVID has come into our life doesn't mean healthy people don't exist anymore. You Just because you don't have clear symptoms doesn't make you asymptomatic. Yeah. We need to remember that. And we're also, you know, there's just other things that have been happening that are just aren't adding up for us, like the fact that the flu is now gone. You know, just, just things like that. And, you know, probably there's always a way to explain it out. Again, I feel a constant need to say I'm not – some sort of conspiracy theorist here i'm just fucking i'm a normal person just wondering these things so i mean there we could go back and forth and explain this a thousand times i think stephanie does a fantastic job at doing that with us Mm -hmm. and and i hope you guys uh take something from this episode the same way we did i hope you guys learn something too yeah and hopefully it sparks something in you to just maybe do a different kind of Google search or not even use Google and and take a look at her page and just like what's click the on harm? Some of the videos. Just yeah, what is the harm? You may learn something 
just an interesting fact, or you may really appreciate like the community that uh, has been built through the, the hundred million moms. And she explains what that is. And it's really quite beautiful and interesting and amazing that it w became what it is. Um, so yeah, again, just take a listen and be a critical thinker. And, you know, we'd love to hear what you think. Um, so we will now turn it over and bring Stephanie on and you guys can form your opinions then. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for, for being here. And we're very excited. Today, we are talking about something that is... Um, you know, the usual conversation every single day we are always consumed and talking about COVID. But we are taking a bit of a different angle than what I think has been, you know, thrown out there on the mainstream news. And Stephanie, we're talking to you because of all of the research and things that you've compiled. And I just before I, we get into uh, a little bit about you, Stephanie, and introduce yourself, I just want to say to everyone, um, and I'm like saying it so passionately because I feel so strongly and passionately about this. We're having a conversation about things that aren't really discussed uh, in the media about COVID. And that is not because we are like rebels or disruptors or troublemakers of any sort. I think that we conspiracy theorists or the main one is conspiracy theorists. Um, I And I just wanted to really say that I really wanted to state that before we got in this conversation because that is not what this is about we are just as Lauren and I have said many many times we are just two women uh that are looking and questioning and gaining information we are not convinced of anything we are not convincing anyone of every anything we are just trying to learn and explore other routes than what is unfortunately put out there in the media which is very limited so that's why stephanie we're so excited to have you on uh to give us a bit more of information than what we're getting from the news absolutely yeah i'm thrilled to, i'm thrilled to be here and um i think just to add on the point that you were saying is that we have to remember that there are very um well calculated propaganda tactics being used in the media to divide us um and so there's a lot of divisiveness there's a lot of name calling and a lot of anti this and anti that and we need to i think step back from that and realize that um you know we're all just trying to figure this out so let's have an open mind and let's think about this in the most um level-headed and rational-minded way as we possibly can i love that. totally agree and i think you guys both nailed it in terms of like what you're saying people are using the word anti a lot and jess we've already talked about like the labeling of conspiracy theorists and things like that and that's one of the points i want to get across in this conversation too is that can we stop like labeling people and quickly judging because what since when are people not allowed to have a different opinion and why has covid brought this out more than ever in people and you know i i've talked to people that have lost friends have serious like divides in their family now because of their beliefs around this whether you fall into and i'm using air quotes <clears throat> the anti-vax and anti-mask uh, bucket or if you fall into the everything on mainstream media uh, bucket so Yes, glad we cleared that up right off the top. Uh, Stephanie, we found your account through a friend of ours, actually, who said, you guys, since you are questioning things and you're looking for other perspectives and you're looking for alternate information, because, yeah, we question. Um, but it's not just that we question, like, we're actively, like, 
disbelieving of things. It's just that we had noticed there were some gaps in what was being reported. Yeah, and like a lot of gaps. And there's only one, we're only hearing (laughs) one narrative. And so, yeah, we were put onto your account through her. And so tell us a bit about like you, your account, uh, 100 Million Moms. That's the first one that I found and, and started following and really like enjoying because it was so refreshing to hear a voice that isn't straight off the script of CP24 or CNN and wherever you get your news, whether it's Canadian or American. So fill us in a little bit about you. So I have a background in fitness and nutrition. And so that kind of um, my worldview is a little bit more geared towards, you know, um, natural health and, um, you know, that kind of having a background in understanding the human body and understanding optimal health. As soon as this uh, quote unquote pandemic started, um, I was kind of already poking holes in it because I I subscribe to the terrain theory and not the germ theory. And for anyone who doesn't understand what those are, the easiest way to describe it is um, if you see a fish in a dirty tank of water, you're going to give the fish some medicine or are you going to clean the tank? So giving the fish medicine is going to, uh, is, is the germ theory and, and cleaning the tank is the terrain theory. So the tank is the human body. So if you have a strong and clean terrain, then these viruses are not a threat to our bodies. It's a great analogy. And Lu- yeah. And so Louis Pasteur, who actually coined the, the germ theory on his deathbed, uh, admit that it was um, the terrain theory that was, that was more uh true than than the germ theory so So he he kind of refuted yeah he refuted his own his own theory on his deathbed and um that says a lot that it does make sense to we've had other doctors on lore um most recently was dr sapna who mentioned you don't need to do she was a gastrointestinal uh, expert but you know same thing if your body is working properly you don't need to do the cleanses and everything like that your body your liver is meant to detox it's meant to work so why wouldn't our immune systems and again we're not okay i guess it kind of gets into like what type of virus we're talking about right because we have a perspective of how that's being reported as well, as opposed to, you know, we're not saying like cancer or, or AIDS or, or things yeah, like that. HIV. Yeah. Things that are, will kill you for sure. Maybe, but not like something like COVID perhaps. Right. Those are all rabbit holes, cancer, AIDS. They're all rabbit holes. You can go down if you want to learn more about those things. But when you, when you listen to a doctor like Thomas Cowan speak about viruses, he actually compares them to cancers because they are both what they have in common is they're both excretions of a cell. So we're looking at viruses as if they're these um, things that are cu- coming into our body. Okay. But what Tom, Dr. Cowan says is they're actually excretions. Your body is packaging up all of the um, toxins and excreting them from the cell. So it appears as if it's this virus particle, but actually it's an excretion. So, so the virus, the illness is part of the solution not the cause of the problem so it's a very interesting perspective and and i can't even begin to do it justice so i won't even try but um it's just you know we're learning a lot about viruses now because we are being faced with um you know what we thought 
was potentially a pandemic and now the numbers are showing us that it's not necessarily the case. I know that's a controversial stance to take, but if we just look directly at the numbers, then we can see that right now in Canada, for example, we're seeing about 0.06 of our population is dying from or with COVID. So they may have even been dying already and um, something tipped them over the edge. So you've already touched on a couple points that I definitely want us to dive deeper into um, in uh, during this conversation because um, I feel like we'll we have so many questions and we like want so much information. We're going to side or derail you. I feel like so many times. Um, so I just want to like quickly jump back just to like getting a little bit back to who you are, Stephanie, and just like giving people, um, you know, info about like how this journey of yours started. Yes. So yeah, we can. And where a hundred million moms came from too. We're so, so sidetracked that we can't even get through the introduction. <laughs> Eventually we'll get there. <laughs> But it's just, it's one of those things that it's like, well, it's like a question that, has a question has that, a question like... to it, right? So 100 Million Moms was kind of born um, after COVID happened because I started to be very vocal about my views about the current events. Um, and it also tied into my um, beliefs um, and my well-researched opinions on vaccines, which was very controversial. And being someone who worked in prenatal and postpartum health and fitness, I always kept my mouth shut because I never wanted to be someone who influenced my client's decisions. It's a very personal decision. And unless I was directly asked, I would never uh, speak up about it. But once all this happened, I thought, you know what, I can't be silent anymore. I just can't do it. And so I started, you know, calculating the numbers of the cases and the deaths that we were seeing on CP24. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm seeing like 0. 0.0000 something like this doesn't seem like a pandemic to me. But, you know, let's be cautious because the government is telling us that there's some there's imminent danger. So, you know, I, I went six weeks without seeing my mom and I, um, you know, everyone had to wash their hands before they came in and touched my two-year-old daughter and uh, we were just a little bit cautious and as you know as we should be um, and so I was contacted by an, an activist based in BC named Susan Stanfield and she's incredible she's been been in the activist activism world since uh, you know the last 20 years and for me, I have never been a political person. I have never been an activist. I've never been like a protester or anything like that. Um, but I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I, I can't, um, I can't be quiet about this anymore. And so we, the stars aligned for us to connect. And she was like, listen, I have this idea where we can create monthly marches for women who are not necessarily inclined to go out to these major protests, but want to take a stance and, and have their voices heard. And so I thought, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. She said, yeah, we can make it globally and we can do monthly marches and uh, everyone can just do it in whatever capacity feels right for them, just so that we give mothers a voice. And she goes, you know, it doesn't take that much to make a large impact. All it takes is 10,000 women who have a reach of 10,000 women, and that's 100 million moms. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. Let's use that name. So that's how 100 million moms was formed. And from there, we just started using the platform to empower people with information to connect moms to each other because it's it's a very difficult time if you have no nobody who is like-minded um so 
you know, people who wanted to have their kids get together and, and meet up and, and who weren't scared and who decided that they were able to assess their own risk for themselves and their children. That's the people that we drew to us and we've created beautiful communities and we're, we're giving our kids a normal life. Um, and we have, have made a decision that the benefit of going on with a regular quote unquote regular life is, is worth it for us given the threat of this disease. I like that you said that you assess the threat the, or the risk for yourself instead of, you know, right off the hop, uh, like really falling victim. I think I say falling victim to the fear mongering because fuck, that's all they're pushing is just like this immense fear. And I know at the beginning I, w- I felt the same way too. I think um, we all did. Just terrified. Yeah. Like we all, of course. Because no one believe. knew. There was yeah. no information. Yeah. It was just this, there's a terrible virus that's wiping out at the time like China and it's here now and it could wipe us out too. And and I mean, I think we all kind of in your mind, you think of like the movies that you've seen that have to do with like of pandemics. Course, and so terrifying. you instantly get into this like, oh my God, we're in an apocalypse now. Um, but Stephanie, did 100 million moms start prior to the pandemic? No. Or, and because you just to like, because we know some information um, about you and our listeners don't necessarily, but you are someone who is... Um, and I'm sorry to use this, but I don't know what else to say. But anti-vaxer, uh, most people will recognize that term. But you, well, maybe it doesn't have to be a bad term, but let's normalize 100 negative connotation around well, it. Well, yeah, the thing is um, that I don't think in it, order to be, it's it is a derogatory term used to kind of um, de- discredit and dehumanize people who choose um, to to not vaccinate their children. Um, but. If I were a true anti-vaxxer, I would be telling everybody not to vaccinate their kids. I believe that every parent has the right to make their own decisions for themselves and their families. And so I'm not really anti-anything for myself and for my daughter. I have clear boundaries as to what I will allow to be injected into our bodies, but uh, to each their own. Yeah, and I think that's also the position we're taking too. I mean, I have family and friends that have been vaccinated and I say, great. I mean, if that's what you want to do and that's what makes you comfortable, then you need to do that. Like do what's best for you and your family. I personally um, don't feel that I need to be getting this vaccine. Maybe that will change. Maybe my mind will change. But as of right now, I'm certainly not rushing out to get it. Whereas my husband feels that he wants to get it. And and luckily we have a mutual respect where I'm not going to say anything against his views and he is like respectful of mine um but another anti-term that you're also considered <laughs> stephanie is an anti-masker which you have a reputation yes for and that's and that's kind of like part of what really drew us in because until you i hadn't really seen or heard of anybody that you know, like you can kind of like reach out and touch, so to speak, like you're in the circle in a way other than like some crazy people um, just spouting off like, you know, just like people that you're like, oh, my God, you're just too much um, on the Internet or on TV. You well, are somebody are like crazy and yelling. Yeah. Like, like just being obnoxious. Just whereas yeah. your videos of going into different stores, not wearing your mask, completely respectful, completely like and just a normal person. Like I hate that there's now these two yeah. buckets. Like that's how we should be. And um, 
And so that's what really like caught us, caught our attention because we were like, wow, this is like a big deal. Like, I don't have the balls to do it, quite frankly. It's a lot. It's uh, it's a lot to stand against the herd. And um, we are trained that anyone who stands against the herd should be attacked, right? And so for me, it like just looking at the history, the efficacy, all of the research surrounding masks, I... I had made the decision that it's not right for me. And I also, it comes, it ties into the vaccine debate as well, right? I should be able to decide what goes on my body, what goes in my body, and I should not be discriminated against for making those choices. And we've come to a place where uh, I'm, I'm now a second class citizen. I can't walk into an Indigo, a Costco, um, a lot of these stores that have decided that they are going to go above and below beyond the bylaw that states that if you have a medical exemption, um, which has a long list of things, including mental health issues, including uh, PTSD, traumas, physical issues, um, even creed, but they removed that one because if it goes against your belief system that you should not cover your nose and mouth where you take in oxygen, um, then you are exempt, but they, they have actually removed that piece. Wow. That being, I didn't know that. Yeah. That being said, I uh, I refuse and I, I will not. And I will do so respectfully. And, and there, I've never, you know, yelled at someone to take off their mask. And I just expect the same, um, the same like in human return, respect. Right? Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, just human decency. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, we look into all of the, the history of mask usage, and it's very interesting how masks uh, began. Um, they used in the medical system. They looked like those big, like, um, beaked, yeah. Um, yeah, full the face coverings. Yeah, and in the beak was they would light some type of herb that would get rid of the bad air. Um, and so it wasn't based in science at all, but then it continued... Um, and it found its way into kind of the mainstream um, medical practice, which in those places it and serves a purpose. Um, sure, if you're if you're a surgeon and you're in front of a, a human body that's open wide um, and there's no uh, skin barrier, then absolutely that it's necessary. But uh, you know they can change their masks whenever they want. The environment is completely controlled. Um, so that they can get the air quality that they need. Um, and so it's very different when you're asking a uh, regular citizen to wear a mask, um, especially when we're asking children with developing brains to wear them for six hour days at school, not taking them off during recess, not taking them off. Um, only to eat. For gym class, only to eat. And when you do so, you're not allowed to speak wow um, so that's the, the, crazy. this yeah no mask no voice that's the campaign that this public school system is putting our children but like through. the thing so is some kids wear them you're... longer than six hours because if they're in a before or after care program at the school that's one to two three four additional hours for some children like that is a that's a lot I wear my mask for t five minutes in a store and I'm already, I I'm lucky I work from home so I don't have to wear it. Although I guess I don't really have to wear it anywhere if you, uh, if I take that stance, but um, I haven't um, and I do wear it and it's crazy. Everything that you're saying, my, I, I'm like trying to analyze it all and take it in based on what I have been like 
that based on what's been drilled into my brain from the news. So I'm like, well, we need the mask for this. We need the mask for that or whatever, even though I personally am against masks. Well, but the big thing, Jess, is that if you don't wear the mask, then you now are like waging war on other people you no longer care about other people you're not a compassionate person you're you're putting everybody else's lives at risk and in danger and that's the that's the narrative that we're all living with now that's what I'm saying so so everything you're saying Stephanie I'm hearing that narrative in my ear and thinking oh but we need it because of this like you know I'm devil's advocating everything you're saying of course even though I'm I'm the reality is a viral particle can fit sorry a a viral just to to give people a a quick um analogy um wearing a mask to keep out a virus is like putting up a chain link fence to keep out a mosquito it just the viral particles are way too small and then you'll get the argument well droplets and aerosols if you put on a mask, you've seen those videos on the internet where they put on a mask and someone's taking a haul on like a vape pen and then they, they blow it out with the mask on their face. It's coming out everywhere. And those are aerosols that we're talking about, yeah. right? So how much good is it doing versus how much bad is it doing? How detrimental are these to our long-term health? Right. And I've heard about a lot of other things happening, um, which I don't know enough to even get into, but you know, things being in these masks, um, worms being in these masks and like, like, yeah, a whole bunch of shit apparently is in certain masks. Again, I don't know enough about it, but like, yes, I've heard all this stuff too. Um, and, and I'm just happy to have you on to have just an ulterior narrative, just a different point of view. Um, and how has it been working for you being an anti-masker? I'm saying that in air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you learn how to get by. I I generally get my grocery shopping done at grocery stores who respect my rights. And uh, any store who doesn't respect my rights, you have to make the decision. Is it worth like taking them to court and fighting them legally or just walking away and not supporting them with your business anymore? And I choose the latter because there is so much going on. I don't have the time to be fighting people um, for my human rights. I'm going to Go, go just go to the stores that support my rights so you know Loblaws, Metro, um, Sobeys these are all grocery stores that I can walk into they'll ask me if I have a mask and I'll state that I'm exempt and then I, I enjoy my regular shop uh, aside from that I don't really I can't really say that I go to many places but we are in Ontario where a lot of things are uh, shut down so we'll see what happens in the future but for the most part I'd say that people are very I've had two people in the last year confront me about not wearing a mask and and it's usually a one sentence back and forth and then I continue shopping. I'm not trying to fight people. I'm not trying to argue with people. I actually smile. I go out of my way to be more of a positive energy in the space because I'm already looked at like I'm this villain. And so when you smile at someone, and it helps that I have a three-year-old daughter too, because she's just such this little ball of light and you can't help but smile at them, right? And so I, I think that that helps me um, to be treated with more decency because I am a mother of a young child. Um, but yeah, there there are, like in Quebec, they've recalled a bunch of the uh, disposable masks for having graphene in them, which is an asbestos-like chemical that can lead to lung damage. And so now when we're seeing spikes of cases that I can't help but wonder, are we seeing respiratory issues? 
from long-term mask usage because we know that in the uh, Spanish flu of 1917, a lot of those cases were actually bacterial pneumonia. And when you cover your mouth and you have a dark and moist environment where you're rebreathing things that your body is trying to excrete, it's problematic. Yeah, it's not going to be good. And that kind of brings no. up something else you mentioned earlier that I, we definitely always want to talk about, which is deaths from COVID or deaths with COVID. And that's a similar thing, I guess, in the Spanish flu. You, uh, you would know better than me, but they went back and figured out that a lot of people died from something else. And I'm sure that's what will happen again here. Yeah. And so this... The, as I said, it was a lot of bacterial pneumonia cases, which was caused by long-term mask usage. Um, and they know this, and, and it's it's not like we're, like, people are like, you know, we don't know what the long-term outcome of, of mask usage is going to be, and we do know. Um, but what we are seeing now is that over 80% of our deaths are coming from long-term care homes. So why aren't we prioritizing cleaning up the long-term care homes, figuring out how we can support their health a little bit better um, instead of locking down the entire world and, and disproportionately affecting our children in a negative way. We also know in Canada yeah. that we've had just over 23,000 deaths in a population of almost 38 million, that's a 0.06% of dying of COVID. And that's not only dying of COVID, that's dying with COVID. So a, a ma vast majority of the people who have died because of the presence of COVID uh, had at least two comorbidities and they're usually metabolic conditions, hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, these are all things that are preventable diseases through health maintenance over time. And then when we want to take it to an even deeper layer, we know that the PCR test was not meant to be a diagnostic tool. And we have video footage of the inventor, Carrie Mullis, saying that if you cycle this enough times, you can literally find anything in anyone. And he says anything over 25 cycles is absolute rubbish. And we are currently using a 38 cycle threshold in Ontario. So for anyone who doesn't know, the PCR test is a magnifying tool. So they cycle it and cycle it until something becomes visible to the human eye. And it's meant to be used in a lab to study things. But instead we're using it as, as a diagnostic tool. And so it can be manipulated up or down based on how, how many positive cases do we wanna see? And then if we're forcing people on top of that to get tested who are not even symptomatic, then of course we're going to see a rise in cases. Yeah, because we're going to see sense. COVID in so, everyone. Yeah, eventually that would yeah. like kind of happen, right? That's it's fucked. sort of like luck of the draw or Russian roulette. Like if you get tested a certain amount of times, you're probably going to show up positive one of these times. Now I've been well, tested twice. Go microscopic. <laughs> exactly. I've been tested twice. My son has been tested. Both my children have been tested because it also now is acting as a security blanket or that safety blanket for people, right? If you're in an environment like school, which both my children are, and they say, oh, well, we've had an outbreak. Um, it was in your child's class. You should get tested. Isolate for 10 days. All the things. So I, I did get them tested. 
I can't lie and say, was it like a little bit of peace of mind? Um, it was, but I think that's because I'm conditioned to feel that way. And since then, I have noticed like how I have made changes in my own behavior just in terms of like how I function in public because I, I am questioning everything. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Show me like, and I'm, I'm big about the small business thing, right? Because for instance, I went into Little Caesars Pizza me and there's another fellow in there and the two staff. So we're all masked up, everyone's masked, plastic screen. I can walk in there, but I cannot walk into a privately owned bake shop, which is a block away, and talk to the owner, the baker, um, about the cupcakes that I'd like to order for my son's birthday who was not getting a party again because of everything. Um, so year two, which I know this is a whole thing for many parents. So how come all of a sudden, like COVID knows if I, whether I'm in a safe Little Caesars in an unsafe bakery? Like this is where I'm, my madness comes from in terms of the general public. I'm like, people, come on. If that's the only thing we examine alone, we are shutting down our small businesses in our community and giant corporations that are, you know, national, international, lots of them, are still safe. Does this virus know which business you're walking into? So it's just like that's where the craziness for me is because my mask is supposed to protect me all of a sudden, but I'm it won't protect me if I walk into a privately owned bakery. The critical thinking has to start coming up more and the masses need to start speaking out more because so many of our own people are losing their livelihoods because of this. And the government doesn't give a shit, clearly. Hundreds of thousands of small businesses. Over 600,000. I think that's in Ontario alone. Okay. And then how many big multi-million dollar conglomerate companies have shut down? Not obviously one. So only a certain people are suffering. But doesn't matter because none of that. This is where you and I, Lauren, started to really look into things. None of that is being spoken about. Mm -hmm. So for us, you know. I'm, I've always really also operated on more of a natural approach to health and, and taking care of myself. If I'm sick, I'll have a, an herbal tea. Obviously, I've never had any life-threatening illnesses, so I'm not diminishing, you know, medicine, modern medicine, whatever. I'm not. I'm just saying I've always taken a more natural approach. So when the idea of a vaccine or any sort of medicine is presented to me, I'd rather not. So I already felt that way. But then when I started hearing about how or sorry, not hearing about how there are no apparent like mental health issues with this. There are no apparent suicide issues with this. There are no apparent domestic abuse cases arising because of this. And then no apparent issues with small businesses closing. And I'm saying that because I've never heard it reported. But I have heard, you know, all the other fucking shit that we all hear. So that's where we started looking into this. And wondering why if they're so honest in the news why are we not hearing any of these side effects that we know for a fact are happening yeah it's crazy the the amount of drug overdoses and suicides and as you said domestic abuse and and children's you know children's helpline increased from 1.9 million phone calls in 2019 to 4.2 million calls in 2020 these are staggering, staggering numbers and and you can't you can't even find the suicide rates on uh, any of the statistics sites for 2020 because it 
I think if we saw them on a graph, it would be very difficult to ignore. And that's what we should, that's and what I think, again, as the masses, we should be speaking out against. Whether you believe all of the hype and all of the stuff around COVID or not, put that aside for five seconds. I'm not yes. going to sit here and argue yes. that coronavirus, COVID-19 doesn't exist. I'm not going to do that. Something is happening to people, whether it is more of a flu, A or B. I don't know. I'm not educated enough to know those like details. And hopefully, Stephanie, you can school us on a, on that a bit. But it's why all of a sudden are we sacrificing everybody else's physical and mental well-being for what we know is a, a virus, whatever it may be, a sickness, an illness that has a survival rate of over like 98 point something percent. And no, for all the people that... In, immediately jump on you and say, well, would you want it to be your grandma or your husband or your child? Of course I don't want that. But we live with these risks every single day. When you step out well, of your we house. Live with the flu every other year and they were already at risk for that I, every I, other year. No loss of life is is okay on in my books unless you're like a pedophile and I don't care. But um, like yeah, I don't. get all the diseases. Yeah, <laughs> give it to them. I don't Please. want anybody to die. And this is a whole other side of this conversation too is about the dialogue that as soon as you question anything or you have it, you talk about like, well, what about this group of people? All of a sudden you don't care about the other group. Like, stop with that, everyone. Also, of course, I, I don't want anybody to suffer or die. But I especially do not want the most vulnerable being, and that being our children or other women in really, yes. like, dire situations. Like, we know. We know this already. Long before COVID, school is a safe haven for a lot of children. A place where they, that's their only meals if they're in a meal program at school. Women you know, being stuck at home. And I know it's not just women, but it is, stats show it is majority women and children that are stuck in, in homes or places that are violent, abusive, physically, sexually, whatever. Like, th this is horrific. What are we doing as a society to protect those people? We shouldn't only be reporting on this virus and the cases. Right. That when, right. You, then you, you see the case count and then you see the recovery count, which is like, 10 times higher, right? So it's like all of a sudden we just forget about every other thing that's happening in our in our world to our people. Like so this is the two issues. They're not reporting on other seemingly just as important issues. I don't, I don't know why we rated those as lower importance, but they're not reporting on that and then it seems that they're reporting numbers that are just kind of a lot more made dramatic up. than the situation. <laughs> yeah. Or just plain made up. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie. Not even really exaggerated. Tell so us. Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> please explain these two. Okay. Oh, that was, that's, that's a lot. Um, oh, we, we, we are a lot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Let's consolidate the questions again, because I, I feel like I had so many okay, things so that just flew through. Two main things, <laughs> two main things to summarize. Is One. It, it seems like all of a sudden anything, any other issues that we face as a society are out the window. We don't care about now. Abuse, suicide, mental addiction, health. mental health. Okay. So let's, let's start with that. So the, the thing is that we need to understand is that the, the cure cannot be worse than the cause. Right. I, I use this analogy a lot because it's just such a good visual. You cannot kill a spider on a glass table with a hammer. Right? 
You cannot destroy the entire table just to get rid of this tiny little spider. And that's exactly the way that we are dealing with this illness right now. We, we have to be talking about the collateral damage that's happening because it's very real. We are essentially ruining an entire generation of children that are going to be antisocial. They're going to be scared of the air that comes out of their mouth. They're going to think that they are a walking threat, even though they are the most vibrant, beautiful little balls of light and healthy, right? We should not be afraid of children, but we have turned them into these walking diseases. And it's just not the case. We have to be talking about these things and we have to bring again mental health to the forefront as we were we were making strides in that realm uh, before COVID came up, right? Anxiety is a real thing. Depression is a real thing. But now if you tell someone you have anxiety and that's why you can't wear a mask, people say, stop complaining, just throw on the mask, right. right? I thought mental health was a real thing. Yeah. So now we took a step back <laughs> so to make we've space taken a for step like backwards. COVID. This has been the campaigns that we've been seeing prominently up until COVID. Okay, I will say That's not right. all is lost on that work because um, friends of mine who never had anxiety before, even Lauren, you've told me that you never had um, anxiety before. This has brought it out in so many fucking people that it's almost normalized it for people. So not not all the work is lost on, you know, the fight for awareness for mental health and, and pushing that importance in people's minds. Um, unfortunately, uh, we don't have the support of our government or mainstream news to do that. But I'm just that was just a little side note. But that's sad, though, that it took it took so us many all to have people it. actually like getting yeah. anxiety and yeah. depression in order to be like, oh, so that's true. Maybe this is a real thing. But let's continue to do nothing about it because, you know, people yeah. are dying of COVID, yeah. you know. The, the thing is with with infectious disease is there has to be a clinical presentation. You can't just go in as a healthy person and be like, hey, can you test me for the flu? Your doctor would be like, what are you talking about? Get out of here. Like, stop taking up my office for from people who are actually sick. But now we're not like, of course. So the fact that there is a clinical presentation of someone who has respiratory distress, um, whether we want to coin that SARS-CoV-2 or not, we, we can't say because the, the virus itself has never actually been isolated. Are there people having respiratory issues and symptoms? Of course there are. And if we want to look at that and say, whatever this virus is, let's say we want to name it COVID-19 because it's presenting in this way, uh, we have to uh, look at these people and see how we can fix this. But that doesn't mean we should go and test every single person in the population, healthy and otherwise, and see, maybe you have this disease too. Let's use an illegitimate test to see if you have it. That's not how, that's not how this works. So, okay, this is where... <laughs> Another thing that's where I kind of equate that, like, where I just can't get past it is because I really equate COVID to the flu. And I, I the reason I do that is because I believe that they have similar um, numbers, a similar effect on society. Yes, people can contract the flu. Most of the people who are healthy, young, will be able to just fight it off and fine. Yes, maybe the older population or the high risk population or young or whoever will be more at risk to contract the flu and have, you know, detrimental effects more so. I just don't understand where the difference is 
from this year to the last all the other years of the flu. Why did we live with the flu every single year? Even some people get flu shots and, you know, not not that many and people, still get like, the flu, though, pushing the vaccine and well, and still get the flu again. That's a whole nother story. But why? How the fuck did this happen? We're now we're in a pandemic because of a flu like situation. Right. And the flu cases have gone down by 98 percent. So, you know, we have people saying, well, that's because the masks and social distancing is working. Well, it's not working on COVID, unfortunately. So let's all stay home and continue to double mask. And so things that we do to prevent COVID has eradicated the flu, but not eradicated or even helped the cases of COVID because those are just going up. Yeah. Do you think that it is just the flu, though? It's not COVID? I think that it's... I don't, I don't know. I think that it is a, it's like I said, it's a presentation of respiratory symptoms and there when, so let's put this into perspective. When somebody dies in the hospital, let's say they had a heart attack. Um, let's say they also had the flu. They tested positive for influenza A, let's say. So when the doctor is writing on the death certificate, patient, primary cause of death, heart attack, secondary influenza present so now doctors are being um influenced to write covid as the primary cause of death even if they they suspect that covid may have been present at the time of death and in the u.s they're actually being paid per issue per every time they write COVID on a death certificate as a primary cause of there death, $13,000 they were being paid and they were being paid each, each, each certificate. Yes. And then on, where does that money even come from? Who knows? Who knows? Who's paying that? And then they were getting paid $39,000 for every time they used a ventilator, which has been proven to be the wrong treatment. There are treatments for this illness. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, azithromycin, used with zinc and vitamin C. There are doctors all over the place saying, we've been curing people in the parking lot. And then they're gone. They're- so that's a really interesting thing you say there, though. I just have to jump in on that because that is one of the biggest things if you try and search anything about any of those medications all that comes up is debunked misinformation wrong this person's a liar it is this is really like the issue because it's really confusing as someone who truly is just looking for information like i just want to know more i just don't think that cp24 should be my only source and then you try agreed and it's like oh god don't believe that that's a trump thing that's a whatever and you know i don't love trump but i have to fully admit that some of the stuff that i've now learned i'm kind of like shit i don't know if he was so wrong like I have to admit it. He was it. smeared. He and was smeared, and whether or not uh, whether or not he was a piece of shit person or not, uh, I, who knows? But there's a, there's the the fact is that for four years he was definitely smeared and and vilified, um, and you know I was part yeah. of that for, for sure. So was I. You know, I remember saying, "I wish someone would just take him out." Like, what's wrong with this piece Same. of shit? I remember saying, "I'm surprised he hasn't yeah. been taken out." Same. But anyway, yeah. Just going back to the like medications or vitamins and it just it they do who i don't and i always use they i don't know who they is they the the (laughs) people at the top don't want you to clearly they don't want you to even consider that 
as a possibility. Well, the, the internet is controlled by the is the, they is, is part of the they right. There's a lot of big dogs in the in the players. The World Bank and the you know uh, the technocrats and and they're all in this together in order to. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just paint the picture that they want us to see, right? And so mm-hmm. all of these uh, independent fact checkers debunked, uh, this doctor has been discredited. If anyone speaks against or questions the narrative, they are all put into that category of false. Which is interesting because like, how come they're not put into it prior to COVID? Right. Like if these people, these doctors, these scientists, these very, very well-educated, intelligent people are speaking out because they have their research and they know what they're talking about. They've been educated at the same schools and places that the other doctors and scientists have. All of a sudden they're crazy and they're conspiracy theorists. And so, but they weren't that until they spoke out against COVID. Of course. And it's the same with scientists who have found, uh, you know, the, the famous Andrew Wakefield who has, who questioned the MMR vaccine and its link to autism. He was immediately destroyed. And that is the leg that the, the, the pro-vaxxers stand on. Well, that was debunked. Well, all he was saying is he saw a correlation and, and we should look into this. Isn't that what science is? Questioning and testing our hypotheses? That's science. The science is never like, science is done, it's settled forever. No, we found something. Let's look at it. And, I and think all we he learned was actually, that with cigarettes and yes. uh, every other thing that they said was good for us at the beginning. Absolutely. Cigarettes. DDT was... Uh, Drinking while pregnant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Smoking while pregnant was good for uh, low birth weight babies to give birth to a, a smaller yeah. baby. Because um, <laughs> that's these are all also things what we that want. Are, they, they continue over time. And, and somehow we think that the present is exempt from repeating in the same way that all these things did right and and so we just we do have to question and we cannot just google something anymore you have to dig deeper you have to know where to look and who to find and how to find these people one of my greatest resources is the high wire um, with del big tree because he has some fantastic journalists who search and find these doctors, these scientists, these virologists, microbiologists, immunologists, and they interview them in long form. They're not cut little pieces of interviews to fit their narrative. He's had people on there that are that are for the COVID vaccine, and he wants to hear those perspectives because that's what this is all about. We need to hear these different perspectives because we're going through a grand scale experiment right now. And we need to hear the perspectives of the people that know the best whether they are for or against your views, we have to hear them out. And so um, once you find, like, the high wire is really great because I'll, they'll interview someone um, like Dolores Cahill, for example, who's an, a microbiologist and immunologist. And, and then I'll look into her and I'll find more information based on what she has to say. Um, and then I ignore all of the things that say, you know, fact checkers, missing context or, you know, whatever the case may be. We have to just listen and use our own discernment to figure out what makes the most sense for us and our yeah. own bodies. Absolutely. That's the thing is that it's so mind-boggling to me that so most people, I think I'd have to say, are so quick to just be like, oh, okay, yep, that's right. And And this is the thing about the vaccine, right? In one breath, 
and it's propaganda or whatever if you don't think it's propaganda but they have actual signs you see the ads on tv you hear it on the radio and stay in your homes until all of ontario is vaccinated or all of canada like that is a legit quote from this ad and every time i hear it i'm like oh my god i shake my head and um so in one breath they say this basically they're acting like the vaccine is our savior from covid right as soon as we all get or at least 75 percent of it gets the vaccine we, we should be able to have a normal life but then in the second breath they say but you still have to wear your masks till god knows when even if you're vaccinated and you can still get it and you can still give it even if you're vaccinated so that alone like does that not just that is the most confusing thing I have ever right. heard. And from my understanding, a vaccine typically means, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that whatever you're vaccinating against is within that vaccine. So your body builds up antibodies towards it. With this, from my understanding, there is no coronavirus within this vaccine. It's a protein no, it's a, it's a, trigger it's or something like that. It's a spike protein that your body is triggered to to create. So it is... Uh, it, Actually, if you listen to, um, what's his name, David Martin, Dr. David Martin speak on this, he says that we must stipulate that this is not a vaccine by definition. This is a gene therapy drug. And when we look at the history of mRNA vaccines, we see that they have never been successful and the most famous study was the study done on ferrets because they have the most similar, they're the most similar to humans in upper respiratory. And when they gave the ferrets this mRNA injection, they were fine initially. And then when they were exposed to the wild virus, they all died. And so what's going to happen with oh. all of these vaccinated people when the next virus comes around? Right? So is because there a chance there are, they could all die? Yeah. There are coronaviruses that come about. The common cold is a coronavirus. And they're going to cycle in and they're going to cycle out. And, and we, th- we think that we listen to our, our government telling us that what we have to stay inside until there's no more sick people. That's not going to happen. So what's going to happen? Like Dolores Cahill, the microbiologist, stated that she predicts that if you're over the age of 70 that you will not survive more than two years after taking this vaccine. And if you're under 70, you will not survive more than five to 10 years after taking this vaccine. Okay, I really hope that's this is, not wow. true. That's a, I really hope that's not that's true. That's a harrowing statistic. I really hope that's, I really not. Hope that's not true. And My parents have taken the vaccine. Yeah, and that's it's a very scary thought, right? We, But we really just don't know. We really don't know. We can only judge by the, the previous science that we've done. And now... For this one, we have skipped animal testing. We've gone right into human trials because it's an emergency. It's not FDA approved. And they have actually stated through the FDA that they will not approve this until it reaches their standards. Um, And it has emergency use authorization only. It's still in the testing phase. So if you're rolling up your sleeve right now, you are part of this experiment and there is no liability. So if you were to drop dead immediately after taking this injection, they can wipe their hands clean of it and that's it. 
you can't sue anyone. And who cares at that point if you could sue anyone because you've just lost your whoever loved one that took this injection, right? But we're being told yeah. that we need to do this, that it's, it's selfish if we don't do it. It's for the greater good. It's for the health of uh, the public health, you know, and then they'll use stories like the 13-year-old that just passed away um, from COVID. But when you look further into it, she was struggling at home with pneumonia and her father didn't bring her to the hospital. He was trying to medicate her with Tylenol constantly. And so what happened is she ended up in the hospital and she perished. And, you know, you look at this child, she did not look like a healthy child to begin with. And who knows what her health history was like, but they're using it as a way to scare the public into saying, look, this can happen to your 13 year old child. Do you want that? No, you don't want that. You better go get injected. But isn't it safe to say that's that insane that's allowed to be done? It is. And isn't it safe to say that anyone can okay and again i compare the coronavirus to the flu like anyone could die of the flu too like and we already knew that like again i'm not minimalizing this no. young there girl were eight, that died, eight but... deaths in 2018 there were eight children who passed from the flu so, so it happens it's just a little strange that now we choose to freak the fuck out yeah, it's the invisible enemy. And and if we keep people in fear, then they will be compliant to whatever we want them to do. And if we look into like, okay, what about all these treatments? What about all of this, all of this prevention? There's no return on investment on those things. The only thing that has... Yeah, re- that's, that was what I was yeah, going to... The only thing that has return on investment is the vaccine. And so if there is, if that vaccine is worth $100 a pop and we vaccinate 7.5 billion people, that's a return on investment. That's $750 billion, right? If we improve the food quality in the long-term care homes, that's going to cost more money. That's not going to make any money. It's going to also make these elderly people live longer that we have to then pay out their pensions and we have to keep supporting them and feeding them, right? They're disposable because they're not worth anything to the to the people at the top. And that's something that we're not hearing about either is who's profiting greatly. Obviously, yes, we know like the big pharma companies, they. but who's like at the top of these? And yeah, it's the they. And if you do look into it, you see Bill Gates' name attached to a lot of uh, these pharmaceutical companies as an investor. And again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know everything. I don't at all. But this is exactly why we're having this conversation. But that just, you know, the unfortunate situation with the young girl, um, that's, you know, devastating I, for her family. I feel for her. But was that, you know, um, lack of education lack of understanding symptoms like if she had pneumonia that may had have had nothing to do with coronavirus and I, I don't I didn't know that I hadn't heard anything about that so um hopefully though that's you know information is accurate uh but this is all this is what's feeding into this whole case count thing too right like all we're seeing literally all I see at any point of the day when you turn on the news is just cases 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 and a lot of it now is in like more Western Ontario, like Brampton. And and these are like your frontline workers, your factory workers. And that's what I was saying earlier in the show is that I'm not the one that's being represented. And this is my opinion and my belief in the hospitals, in the ICUs. You're not seeing my face in there. You are seeing individuals of a certain socioeconomic status 
um, of certain race. And, you know, the other thing too is that from my experience, ICUs, hospitals have forever been overloaded and overwhelmed. And I've many times over the course of my life been in a hospital and seen people in a bed in a hallway. Have you ever walked into a hospital and like sat right in? I've never seen no. an ICU not completely full at all times. So that's Emerge a suspect or, that yeah. now they're saying, oh, the beds are full in the ICU or in the emergency rooms. But like we know they always fucking are. They always have been. Yeah, I, I remember taking my mom to Emerge and uh, she was in a lot of digestive pain. They had her on morphine drip in the hallway. Um I was in the hospital for some digestive pain during COVID and it takes a lot for me to go to the hospital, never mind during COVID where I was, that was the one time I actually wore a mask because I just didn't have it in me to fight because I was in so much pain. I was one of three people in Emerge that night. It was an absolute ghost town in that hospital. Everywhere that I walked, every hallway I walked down, I didn't see a soul. It was crazy. Wow. We should send all of the overloading COVID patients there yeah. <laughs> to that day. <laughs> so, but what is that? Like, what is this? Like, you know, Stephanie, since you are more researched and, and more involved in like a lot of the day-to-day information or like, I dare say real information around uh, COVID, like, what is that? Are we, is the, are the ICUs really truly filling up with patients with COVID or do they have something and they're just contributing to like the mass amounts of people going to the well, hospital. First of all, the case counts do not indicate the hospital numbers. The hospital numbers are uh, as of two weeks ago when I checked these numbers, we had, let me find it. I think it was 682, 642 people currently in ICU in the province and we have 384 hospitals. So that's an average of 1.6 cases per hospital. Um, now that does not sound Jesus. alarming. And even if, you know, it's not, uh, I'm sure more of those cases are, are in the larger cities, which is, um, perhaps yeah. overloaded, but, but if you even look at that number, 642 is, it's not, that's not a large number. And I, I also want to touch on the, the socioeconomic status, um, that you touched on, because this is a connection that people will make. You are racist if you don't wear a mask. You are racist if you don't get the vaccine. That means you don't care about black people because black people are being disproportionately affected by COVID. If we cared about black people, we would look into the systemic racism that put them into that socioeconomic status in the first place. When you look at the history, they are put in areas where they don't have access to healthy grocery stores. They don't get the same uh, financial um opportunities as their white counterparts that they are they have been over time systemically um oppressed and this is why we are where we are so why are we not prioritizing their health and well-being and and education around health instead of saying well you should just wear a mask to protect them that is barely scraping the surface there we have to do better for our um are people of color. We, we, we just have to do better. And when you look at the history of medical experimentation on black people, the Tuskegee experiment was 40 years long where they let black men 
suffer with syphilis just so that they could see how it panned out, right? We have not to mention the tests they did on women. I mean, it's black women actually because they believed they didn't feel pain. Right, and all over Africa, all over India, they are testing these vaccines. Um, and, and up to the current day, what does Melinda Gates say on film? She says the first people after healthcare workers that need to get this vaccine are black and indigenous people. And she's saying that because, because they're the most disproportionately affected by COVID. So they deserve to get it first. No, that is not what this is. And it is so apparent. It is so clear. And now we're looking at India and this is all over the news that India is having a huge surge of COVID cases. Guess what they're also having a huge surge of? Vaccinations. Yeah, so that is a really, really interesting thing because only a couple weeks ago, and my timeline may be off, but I was hearing that India had such a huge dip. They were talking about that on the news. Well, India has been really, like, for the amount of people they have in their country, the cases are really, really low. That's what they were talking about. And then a few weeks go by, and now it's like, oh, my God, India's blowing up. India's, like, suffering hugely. People are dropping dead left, right, and center. Is that because they had been vaccinated and like this is the recourse of that? Like it seemed that to me really triggered something in my mind because I'm like, didn't we just hear that they were doing great and like shockingly well because they have such a huge population? Like what's going on here? Yeah. So in India, that's a, it's a really interesting correlation that we're seeing because if you look at it mapped out on a graph, you'll see the case counts go up at the exact same slope that the vaccination rates are going up. And, you know, I, I posted something about that today and, and someone responded with, well, well, correlation doesn't mean causation. Of course not. We all know that. I have, have a, my background is in kinesiology. I took statistics and, and I understand that correlation does not mean causation, but it definitely means something's going on and we should look into it. Absolutely. And this is the thing. Anything anybody says has somebody quickly like trying to just tell you you're wrong, basically. And I don't know. Um, obviously, the things you see on the news are always like just really upsetting and unfortunate and sad images and, and video clips and people crying and people dying. And it seems very, very dire. And I'm not saying it's not. Um, but yes, it, did we not just hear that the, the India case counts were going low and and that the vaccine they were rolling out the vaccine crazy quickly and that's and it was a conversation here because Canada was going well how did they manage it and we can't even manage it like so you know but and then how come this is so shocking also when you as the government are telling us that even if you're vaccinated you could still get it and you can still spread it so like, does this, that's another correlation, is it not? Like, that makes sense to me. And why wouldn't that continue to happen here? We don't have a different type of COVID. Well, the shedding from the vaccine or injection uh, is something that is of concern. What we're hearing now is that people who have not taken this injection are having uh, side effects, such as menstrual issues. Women who have gone through menopause are all of a sudden having vaginal bleeding again. Um, we're seeing, you know, th these are all just immediate responses that we're seeing to the vaccine. So what is, how is that going to affect my fertility? Now I'm afraid that my daughter being next to someone at the grocery store who's had a vaccine is going to affect 
her ability to have children one day. Because of this, we don't know what this technology is doing. So now I've been the villain all this time. Like I, nobody wants to be around me because I don't wear a mask. But now I don't want to be around people who've been vaccinated because I don't want to. I don't want my menstrual health to be affected. I don't want my fertility to be affected. So now you've decided to take this man-made injection, this gene therapy drug that now is somehow potentially going to affect me. Well, now you better call me an anti-vaxxer because I am completely and utterly against this for anyone. Now you've come full circle. <laughs> because it's one thing, right, it's one thing if you decide to take a vaccine and it doesn't affect me. I don't care. Go do what you got to do. You made the decision. You've done the research. Go for it. But if now your decision affects my health, no thanks. And see, that's the thing. It's <laughs> okay can't... for the, these decisions to force everyone into their homes, into their masks, into the vaccine. But and that decision matters, but my decision to not want to live by those decisions, they don't matter. But then if they change their mind, all of a sudden it's going to matter. Like this is the problem. You can't pick and choose when you know it matters for some groups and not for the others. Like I've heard that too, and you know your immediately your immediate response is to think, okay, well, with any kind of medication, any type of vaccination, there is going to be a percentage of people that have some kind of reaction. I mean, some people react taking Tylenol, right? Or Advil. Um, that mm -hmm. just goes with the territory. But like, we're so worried about aerosols because of COVID. But like you said, the shedding, which is like an aerosol, I think too, from the vaccine that they have linked to some forced miscarriages, like is that not a concern? Like, I feel like that's a concern. Right. So why why is the narrative okay? Uh, why are aerosols an issue from spreading the virus, but not an issue from spreading the uh, particles that are, are coming out of that Add injection? Add that to the list of shit that's not discussed. That doesn't make sense. Well, they sense. just pop those little tidbits of information here and there. If you're watching the news at the right time, you will hear like, oh, and this person had a reaction and this is a new link to Johnson & Johnson and whatever, Moderna, Pfizer, they all have something um, that they're seeing more and more. And that's what all that they, like th those are the things they actually reported on, never mind what's going on behind the scenes. But we need to report on, we need to report on vaccine reactions too, just like we're reporting exactly. case counts. Like in the US where they have a reporting system, we're seeing over 2,000 deaths from this injection already. Does anybody know about that? Did their lives matter? Because these are people that trusted the system. These are health professionals that trusted the system. These are doctors. These are young people that rolled up their sleeve to do the greater good for the people and then their life was taken away because well they just of get it. considered casualties and if they would have gotten covid right but but why are they just casualties whereas co if someone were is to die uh with the presence of covid aren't they just casualties then too because that's going to help us get towards uh herd immunity so why aren't we looking at that the same? Why is one life valued over and another? And it's not even, it's interesting that it's valued based on how they died now. Well, because it goes against a certain narrative. narrative. So, Stephanie, tell us what we can do. Like, we're normal people. We just want to know stuff to be healthy. You know, what does one do? You know, not even if you're seeing their question. What is, what do you, what should you be doing anyways? Okay. 
So the biggest form of activism right now is taking your health into your own hands. So all of the things that we need to do, eating nutritious food, getting regular movement, getting enough sleep, trying our best in the current circumstances to decrease fear because fear also lowers your immune system. So don't live in this perpetual fear. Turn off the news. We know that there are... Yeah. That's honestly great advice because I've felt so much better since I started doing that. I really yeah, did. I, I can't say... I, I, I mean, I hear what goes on in the mainstream media because it trickles into social media, but I I can't say that I sit there and turn on the news. And, and of course, at the beginning, there were times I would sit there like anxiously with a, a glass of wine being like, oh my God, look at all these cases. Look at all these deaths back when they were actually reporting the deaths. And I was like, this does look like it might be getting scary. And that is, if they were to, it, it, they're treating it like a sporting event, right? If we were to report every single death by every single cause, we might as well just curl up in a ball and call it a day because like, you know, we are seeing, we there are millions of deaths every single year from all different causes. If you saw the amount of people that die in car accidents, you would never get into your car again. But we're not reporting those, so they're not top of mind. So we go into our car and we drive to the cottage or we drive to the store because we assess the risk and the benefit. So keep the fear at bay. Do some meditation. Search on Spotify or... Um, you know, there's all of these different meditation apps that you can get and search guided meditations for fear, for anxiety, for depression, because meditating is hard. We don't, we picture this like sitting in silence and like focusing on our breath and being all Zen and whatever, right? But most of us can't do that. So if we can look, uh, look up a meditation that speaks to exactly what we're feeling and how to deal with those feelings, and sit with them so that they can come up and out, then we will feel refreshed when we come out on the other side. So taking care of our mental health is just as important as taking care of our physical health. Um, and the solutions to, to the greater issue at hand, which is the, the government overreach that's happening right now, is we need to simply stop complying. We have to do it. it our businesses are dependent on it. Of those 600,000 businesses that are closed right now, I think 220,000 of them are closed forever. So if you don't want to be part of that statistic, you must open your business now. Open your gyms, open your salons. There are hordes of people from 100 million moms alone. We will send you tons of people to support your business because they're between a rock and a hard place. If I open, I'm going to lose the customers that think I'm like, you know, irresponsible. And, um, but if I don't open, then I might have to close my doors indefinitely. And for a lot of people, this is their livelihoods. And this is not only their livelihoods, but it's their passion that they've, they've spent yeah, their, their lives dreams. building up towards. That's the dream, right? We have to also, when we look at children in schools, you know how teachers go on strike every year for more money or lower class sizes or whatever it is they're striking about? Why are they not on strike now saying, we demand our children to come back into schools in person, no masks, no sanitizer, no social distancing. You know, we saw, where was it? I think it was in Arizona where a horde of parents went into a, a school board meeting and they overturned the board because the board was, they stepped down because the parents were like, we demand that our children go back to school and we demand that they take the masks off of them. And they 
right there on the spot created a new board and made a unanimous decision to take masks off of their children. So we need to see large scale non-compliance and we need to see it soon because our, our children are suffering, our businesses are suffering, everybody in between is suffering. The elderly are asking their doctors for medically assisted death because they don't wanna live like this anymore. Aren't these the people that we're trying to protect? Yeah. Right? Like we, ha- we, we have to start to just, and so people are like, you know, it's no big deal. Just wear the friggin' mask. And, and, and my answer to that is I absolutely cannot and will not, because as soon as I just comply, then I am, I am giving way to this, the oppressive system that is keeping us all down. I have to be a face for the population of people that are that have had enough that are not going to be told what to put on their bodies what to put in their bodies and that is that means a whole lot to me and so it's not just about me so speaking of that i know that we've asked you about a hundred million questions since you're like a hundred million million moms moms. (laughs) but here's one that i'm really just curious um doing how feeling how you're feeling acting how you're acting um have you lost friends how is it like do your parents think you're crazy you know like <laughs> how is it in your personal life what has the recourse been right of okay of your so decisions? i have had yeah i have had an incredible rebirth since the beginning of this because um actually what propelled me to speak up was the loss of all of my high school friends so friends that I've had for over 20 years, my maid of honor, my my bridesmaids wow. um, all wow. turned on me because I am a now a right wing Trump supporting racist. Wow. Um, so women that knew and you. So at the are, time, do you say those are good friends because or like were good friends? No, they were they were not. Uh, they were not my my people. And it took a long time to re- to realize that. it took that to realize it. Right. Um, and, and I, and I wish them well and I, and I don't have any hard feelings because actually what it did for me is it, it set me free in a sense because I wasn't being my true authentic self. I was hiding who I really was. Um, I was not speaking up on issues that I felt passionate about because I didn't want to be judged. And so when this happened and I, I couldn't stay quiet anymore and they all turned on me, I was like, well... I got nothing left to lose. I might as well speak my full truth. And what the beautiful thing that happened after that actually was it opened up my world to all of these new and and more authentic relationships. And I'm so, I'm just so grateful for how it's all gone down. You know, I, I received a, a random email from someone I don't even know who who sent me like a heartfelt email to say, I'm so sorry for all of the loss you've incurred over the last year. It can't be easy. And I hope you find your way. And I didn't respond because I don't know this person. But first of all, it's not my responsibility to um, defend who I am. If someone's going to paint a picture of who I am in their head, that's on them because I, I am confident in who I am. Um, but I'm also, if you're listening to this podcast right now, Mr. <laughs> Random Person, <laughs> I'm actually doing better than ever because I, it, it, there is nothing more valuable than standing in your power, standing in your truth and living your true authentic self. Um, and so, yeah, did I lose people for sure? But what did I have to gain on the other side was 
it, it was so much more valuable than I could have ever imagined. So I, I have no, I have no hard feelings for uh, the way that the last year of of my life has gone. Well, that's nice to hear, and inspiring. Yeah, definitely. It is inspiring and it, it, it does, I mean, as you're speaking, I'm just thinking about some of my own relationships and situations and like my own views and being, you know, kind of afraid to voice my authentic self to sometimes and opinions, not with you, Jess, obviously, and, and a lot of our friends no. and other friends. Um, but, you know, I think I have to ask also because, you know, what if, what, okay, first of all, the group that um, shares your beliefs are have anybody has anyone contracted COVID? Nope. And you know why? Because you guys are all out there why? being rebels about your masks. Because well, because they're they're healthy people, and but also because they're not getting tested, guys. If someone gets sick, they're like, "Oh, I feel like crap. I'm not coming out today. See you when I feel better." Okay, see like, you then. As the world should if be. If that person went. Yeah, as we, we always are we forgetting? have been. Do we have amnesia that people get sick? Yes, exactly. They're, right? Everything okay, else isn't better. gone. <laughs> like. Yeah. So <laughs> if those people went, I'm not feeling well. Oh, I better run out and get tested. Why? Are you dying? Or do you feel like if you're okay, if you're legitimately like, I can't breathe. I think I'm going to die. Go to the hospital. And at that point, does getting tested really matter? No, treat my respiratory system symptoms 100%. and treat them with things that work. But you know your body when you have a flu and you're just like achy and you're like, I just need a day in bed. I need to ride this out. I need to drink some tea and soup and whatever it is, hydrate and rest. Well, that's the thing right? with a virus. It, they're not curable. They take no. their time in your body and then they hopefully leave your body or they don't. Well, I mean, this is what Thomas Cowan speaks about, right? And this is where it makes a lot of sense is their excretions that are making their way out of your body. And that's what the symptoms are, is that is the the toxins leaving your body so that you ride them out. What did the doctor say to you when you were a kid and you went to the the you went into their office because you weren't feeling well. Oh, honey, it's just a virus. Go home, get some yep. rest. My doctor still says that. He's very, he's like, you've got a cold. I mean, there's, you know, there's nothing I can <laughs> give God you. you. And it's an not for me. It's, yeah, it's really, it's, it's when I've gone in in my early motherhood years and worried because, you know, when kids get really mucousy and they are having such a hard time breathing, you can't help but be nervous, especially as a first time mom. So I can completely relate to the trips to the doctor for those situations. And they'll check, he'll check them out and he'll say, yeah, he's got a cold, a bad one. And, you know, keep an eye on it because they can transform um, to something more serious. But, you know, that's why we have a a medical system and a, a healthcare system. So, for that support when you need it. And they have been there for when I needed it. Um, yes, hours and emerge, but nonetheless, my children are healthy and safe. Um, and I know that's not everybody's reality and I understand that, but I think that's, that just goes, you know, to a whole other element of this is that we have to stop fearing healthy people and demonizing healthy people because what all of a sudden you can't be healthy anymore, this whole asymptomatic thing. And um, I, that's where my behaviors have changed a lot too is even with my kids and we're out, um, you know, they have their masks on because they're already very conditioned from being in school. And they, it, uh, 
just a little story is like my son was standing beside a little boy and we were outside after leaving a store and he had his mask on and I said Coley take your mask off we're outside it's fine and he said oh but and he like pointed to this other person and I made a point to speak loudly enough I wasn't trying to be rude or insulting this person it was for me that I had to hear my own voice say it's fine you're healthy there's nothing wrong with you you don't need to be wearing a mask because there's nothing wrong with us your your air is fine and it wasn't to like make a point to the other the mom and the other boy it was I need to hear myself say I am healthy and my children are healthy it doesn't mean I'm asymptomatic I'm healthy Period. Your children need to hear you say that. Yes, Your children I agree. Need to, need to be reminded that the air that comes out of their mouth is not hurting anybody. Yes, agreed. and they need to be reminded over and over again because they're being told by everyone around them that they are a threat, that their living, breathing bodies are a threat to someone, and they need to be reminded that this is not the case. Yeah, and I think we all need to be reminded of that. Like, if you aren't feeling well, just like pre-COVID times, you would stay away from others to try and not infect them. Yeah, remember, barely. Uh, Like at at a workplace, they send out emails saying like, if you're not feeling well, please respect others and stay home. Like, and of course, it happens. Like the flu goes through an office, the flu goes through the school. It, It, we've all lived with it. I mean, I still honestly have like some cognitive dissonance where I'm still like, yeah, but it just seems like this is so much worse. Like people are really dying. And I have this war with myself. So, but I do think the message here is really important that you're allowed to be healthy and our children need to know that they're healthy and they're fine. And if you're not feeling well, do what you would normally have done in any other situation pre-COVID times. Stay home. And also, yes, people are really dying and people are always really dying and we are all really going to die. All of us. Yes, true. It's not a matter of fact of life. (laughs) It's a matter of when. And and the the fear around death is at the root of all of this, right? Because we're all scared of losing our life. But the the fact is we have no idea when, how, or why we're going to pass. But it's going to happen. The best we can do is be healthy, you know, take care of our bodies and hope for the best, right? Yeah, we weren't really scared of of death. Like, I didn't really think about my mortality at all, ever. Obviously, I know I'm going to die someday, and everybody is, (laughs) and it's sad, and I hope it's not soon. And I hope that for my loved ones, too, and friends. But it's just like, you you are going to. Um, It's another COVID side effect. Exactly. (laughs) And... So I just, yeah, like, I I don't agree with this. Stay away from everybody you love and care about. What if I do die tomorrow and I've lost a whole year and a bit and or one of my family members or my best friends, like, if you don't want to see me because of your concern, I respect that. And but at this point, I am not making my child lose another birthday. Um, You know, I have to live my life a little bit. I will respect the rules and the boundaries um mostly I guess but I if you want to send a cop to my house because I have a p- couple friends or family over please do we'll we'll deal with it then because right. like and that being said just so you know your rights you don't have to allow any police officer into your home without a warrant so if someone comes to check up on how many people are in your house you can say I'm sorry but you're not welcome in my home without a warrant do you have one no didn't think so okay bye-bye have a nice night
Yeah. There we go. I, I mean, that's a whole other issue. And I know that there's so many arms and legs that we could go down um, during this oh, conversation. Yeah. Uh and hopefully we'll have you on again then to have those conversations. Uh, but, Anytime. But I think this has been informative. I do feel empowered the more I have these conversations. The and, more you know, we speak I kind of like minded people. Yeah, exactly. And not just, like-minded, and I, just like not COVID fucking crazy people, not COVID clouded <laughs> people. Yeah. And and it is true. We all need to start taking a stand because as you just drive around your own city, you're seeing people suffering because their businesses have closed. And these are our people. And I just like it breaks my heart and our children are suffering. And like so, you know, government and, you know, COVID crazy people answer me why one group should be sacrificed and the other uh, shouldn't be. And that's like that's honestly what I want to hear from our government, how they discern that. So, Stephanie, why don't you tell people where they can find um, you and information and everything like that? So you can find 100 Million Moms on Instagram. We do have a website that will be live around uh, Mother's Day, which will just be 100millionmoms.com. But for now, Instagram is a great resource for us as we are still um, allowed on that platform. Who knows? There's a lot of censorship happening, so... Uh, we may disappear at some point. Um, and if you are interested in hearing the more kind of uncensored version of me, you can find me at, also on Instagram at glowing mama fit. Um, and that's kind of where I'm the most, as I said, uncensored, whereas hundred million moms, we're sharing information, we're sharing events, um, you know, things that you can do, initiatives, other organizations that are doing great things. Um, and we're just connecting as much as we can because um, there's power in in information and there's power in, in connecting and there's strength in numbers. And so that's where our focus is when it comes to 100 million moms. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I love talking to you. I wish we could talk for hours and hours. And um, <laughs> I hope people take a lot from this conversation and do some critical thinking and start, you know, opening their eyes a little bit more if they haven't already. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. As always, you can follow us at Herspective underscore podcast. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye.